Welcome everyone to the Inspired Jewish Woman podcast, a place to come together to meet other passionate Jewish women from around the globe. We here value unity and we come together from different backgrounds, places and stages in life. We focus on what unites us being a Jewish woman. We believe that every woman has a beautiful and unique light to shine to our community and to the world. In these podcast interviews, we find the light in others, and we learn from everyone. These are the topics that matter most to you and empower you to be the inspired Jewish woman that you want to be. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back for another fabulous interview with Aviel Brodkin from Portland, Oregon. You should just know my whole family was so excited that I was going to be interviewing you today. I told my husband and he went, woohoo, because we were trying <laughs> to get you to do more online. And I we, we kind of believe very strongly that we need like an Aviel Brodkin YouTube channel and all your wisdom and knowledge needs to be flooded into the world right now. But I'll tell you something cute. In the car on the way to school, dropping my kids off at the school that Aviel created and has been the principal there for the last 10 years, I said to Shalom, my youngest child, I said, you know, I'm going to be having Aviel come on my podcast today and I said well, could you tell me something about her and he said he's seven years old he said she is such a good principal oh that makes me feel so good when the kids give me compliments kids don't make things up you know it's true <laughs> so I appreciate it as many of my listeners know we're moving to another state and different school and Shalom said I think she'd be a really good principal in my new school too <laughs> so sweet <laughs> Kids don't always know what it is that a principal does. The other day I was told that I keep everybody safe. And I said, that's a great definition of a principal. But it's a pleasure and an honor. And it's joyous to be with the children in the Jewish world and be a part of their lives every day. They're so much fun. I remember years back when Shalom was probably two or three years old. He was like in early childhood education in your school. And he was like rushing and pulling his bag. And he could barely hold his bag. Like it was bigger than <laughs> I said, where are you rushing? And he said, I have to go to school. Mrs. Brodkin is waiting for me. It's just like these beautiful quotes. But let me introduce Aviel. She has been, as we've said, a principal in the Jewish Day School here in Portland, Oregon for the last decade. But there is so much more to introduce Aviel. She's a Torah educator. She's a marriage educator. She's helped converts along their journey, their process. She's passionate about inspiring people and really helping people find the light that's within them, helping them take their steps towards living their most meaningful life. Aviel has lived in Israel. She's been a teacher there. She's lived in a couple places. Houston. Not so many, but yeah, we did. Uh, it was wonderful. We were able to start off our journey in the U.S. being part of a outreach colo called Torch in Houston. That's amazing. Well, thank God we've been very privileged to be on the receiving end of Aviel's gifts over here in this community. And I love this. And part of Aviel's bio, when I read it, it was just so perfect. She says that she fell in love with early childhood education in 2003 when she first entered the third grade classroom and she's been giving her gifts ever since. So thank you for being here with us. I'm so excited to hear your thoughts, your knowledge, your wisdom on this approach that you have developed and worked in and been trained in called the nurtured heart approach. How did you get into it? How has it changed your life and what can we learn from this? 
So first of all, I want to say that Eve is a dear friend and I love her podcast. I love listening to the array of speakers, hearing from all the women share personally how they are bringing their putting their impact on the world is something that we are all gaining from. So keep it up. We love it. And I'll tell you about my own journey. I'm here today because this has changed me. If I didn't feel that nurtured heart approach was something that could revolutionize how you live your life, then I wouldn't be so passionate about sharing it with you today. So I want to spread the word because I'm all about growing people and growing ourselves. I think that's the most exciting part about having the gift of life. So I'm a principal. And what happens when you're a principal? So principals are generally, we're over idealistic <laughs> and we are so dedicated to providing the best experience for children growing up. We want them to have every opportunity available to them. We don't want any barrier standing in their way. We want them to see the beauty of themselves and act on it. And so that means that the kids in our school, they're like our own families. I generally try not to put the school before my family, but my kids know that my kids in the school are, they're like my own children. And that means that when you're in labor, you're a little nutty when you're a principal, you know, like <laughs> you will be in labor still at school. I've done this, like finishing the Haggadot before spring break or coming in a few weeks after you've had a baby, because you totally do not want to miss the first grade sitter party. Like who in the world would want to miss giving out sujurim to these kids who are so excited to be able to start davening to Hashem and having a relationship with him. And sometimes I look back, I say, what was I thinking? You know, I do color war sometimes at the end of the year. I remember wrapping up teachers and toilet paper with kids in the school. And it was like, that night was my son's bar mitzvah weekend. But, but like, that's the joy. It's so much joy in a Jewish day school. And it's such a gift to be part of it. But what happens when you're a principal, you also start to see all the holes. You have this vision of this great place where kids can grow up and receive a stellar academic experience, but you start to see the holes and you start to see the holes in everyone around you. You start to see deficiencies everywhere you look. Oh, I need to fix this. I need to work on that. This could be improved. And you train your brain to think like that. And I know as moms and parents, a lot of us do this. This is where we fall. This is our hole. We start to look and scan the environment all the time for, oh, this isn't right. Oh, this needs to be fixed. And you can be a very positive, calm, incredible parent and have your mindset like this, right? Oh, this one, they're not catching on quick enough. And this one doesn't know how to communicate so well. And this one gets frustrated too easily. And will this child ever be okay with wearing the clothes that I buy them? Abiel, I just want to ask you, are you referring to the children mainly that you're seeing? Or are you seeing deficiencies in the parents and the families and the staff? Everybody. Okay. Everybody. And this approach changed me because I'm a very positive person. And everybody who's been to a parenting course knows that there's a four to one ratio, four positive interactions or comments for every one negative that's constructive. And that's what good parents and educators do. But this is different. The nurtured heart approach is literally teaching your brain to say, there is greatness that's being expressed by everyone around me all the time. And you can learn to see the world like this. And this changed me. It changed me as an employer. You know, before I would say like, ooh, that teacher is sounding like she needs a little vacation. <laughs> They're at the end of their rope and you hear it like, you're like, ooh, cringe. <laughs> and now it's like, oh my goodness, that teacher has been off four times last night with kids, yet she is dressed and put together. She has something to do today. She is exhausted. And this woman 
is acting on her greatness to be here today. And you know what, if I really care, I'll come in and I'll take over her class for 10 extra minutes so she can breathe for a minute, maybe have a bite to eat. So it's changed me. And why do we need to do that? I think that's the important question. Like why? And it's because if you want your kids to grow their strengths, if you want your husband, your spouse, the people who work around you, you have to see their strengths. Kids do not understand themselves. I try to tell this example to people so they understand like how much kids don't know themselves. So like if you have a girl and she's first starting to get her menstrual cycle, they have no idea what that feeling is of cramps. And you have to tell them, okay, honey, what you're feeling right now is cramps. Here's some things you can do to relieve them. They're going to come on these days, right? So that's just a very easy example to explain. Kids don't understand themselves. They don't understand why sometimes their emotions are heightened and why sometimes they're jumping for joy. You have to help them. And you know why? This is hard to hear. By first grade, I'll watch a recess and Eve, the kids already know who's best at soccer. They already know. No one has to say a word. They already know which kids get picked first for the games. You go into any first grade classroom, say, who's great at soccer? (laughs) And they'll tell you. And everyone starts to figure things out. And if you don't come in as a teacher or a parent and say, I'm going to actually teach you more about yourself than what the world just tells you based on what your experiences are. And that's what you're going to do through the Nurtured Heart Approach. So for an example, kids are always writing their own portfolio based off their experiences in the day. So even if you have great people around your kids, or even if yourself, imagine like, let's say they have 18 different experiences with 18 different adults during the day. And it could even be said nicely, get your shoes, we're late, you don't have your shoes on yet, I already said it, do you need help? Straight, line, in a line, in a line, yes, yes, you, you. And they hear these comments throughout the whole day and they get messages, I need to be fixed, I can't get it right on my own, I'm not the first one picked, who to sit next to or who to partner with for math. And for some kids, they just get constant negative experiences and they might not even be extreme. And then they're writing a portfolio based on that. And you as a parent have the ability to come in and say, no, we're gonna help make that portfolio a different one where you're going to learn about all the greatness that you're expressing all day long. So So, it's basically like all day there's reinforcement, right? All these interactions is reinforcing what they might've already felt in their mind. And then you're saying there's a opportunity to uproot it or to shake it up. Yeah. And to add to it, give them a different view of themselves, but they need an adult outside in their lives. They need their parent so badly. I'll give an example. I have a student who took an assessment and kids in older grades share assessment scores and the student knew exactly where they fell, (laughs) right? So that student comes to me and says, I'm not such a strong student, right? So this is also the student, if you gave them any materials, they could go in and they create the most sophisticated, detailed engineering STEM focused project imaginable. That's a sign of intelligence. An adult has to come in and tell them that. So you need to be there and you have to see it with your eyes. In the Nurtured Heart Approach by Howard Glazer, he talks about like, You as a parent need to come in and you take this small thing that 
what's happening and you zoom in and enlarge it and you say, look what you just did. You act like a mirror for your kid. You're just a mirror. You just have to say it. And kids can't argue with what's the truth. If you say, that's amazing, that's terrific, they can argue. But if you say, did you see how you were able to take all those things and create this whole project here and solve this problem? And then you could say to them the value behind that. That really shows your creativity. That really shows your ingenuity. They have to be like, oh, that's truth. So what age does this work until? Because what I'm hearing you say is that it goes really beyond childhood, right? This is something that you could do with coworkers and your spouse, but does it get harder as kids get older, as you turn into an adult, does it get harder? Are we more jaded to hear, to receive that input? I actually have seen that my experience is that adults are starved for someone to see their greatness because kids in schools, at least were teachers and everyone, they're so cute and easy to love, right? <laughs> uh, they let you love them so much more. And adults sometimes will put up a barrier and we don't show how much we need it. Every human wants to express how great they are. They want to make this world a better place. They want to impact the world for the better. And like, if you start to see it in them, it grows. So this isn't new ideas, but this is about training your brain. And I want to tell you, of course, I slip. Of course, there are times I'm better at it than others, like a diet, right? We all know it's supposed to eat certain things, whole grain foods. And like there are times you're better and sometimes you're worse. But I want to tell you when I'm on top of it and I'm doing it, my husband looks different. Mm. My colleagues look different. My life looks different. I look different to myself. And if you just took a moment and said, look, Today I got up. Today I got everyone out the door, right? We don't celebrate these things. Today I gave that hug when I really could have been tearing that child's hair out. (laughs) Or, you know, I stayed patient while I was in the car. I took that phone call. I didn't really feel I had energy to. And that really shows how generous of a spirit I have. Like talking to yourself like that. One of the very first parts of Nurtured Heart Approach is not energizing negativity. And that is the messages we tell ourselves, not energizing when our kids are acting negatively. I'll explain a little bit more, but um, I'd love to share with you how I came to the Nurtured Heart Approach. (laughs) Okay. So it's personal. I pride myself on being this educator. And I had my first couple of kids and then came a kid who like, even when this child was born, I was like, her fingers are different. Her nose is different. Her forehead is different. This kid's different. (laughs) And I feel like the best story to explain her is this story about when we all go out to coffee. We both have Jewish names and I'm more measured and filtered and maybe a little more logical. And this child's vibrant and colors and dances. And Eve sometimes refers to her as a little mini Eve. (laughs) So when I take this kid out for coffee, when they say like, write your name on the side of the cup, we both don't want to get into like our Jewish names that you can't pronounce and you can't spell. So I'd be like, Sue. And this kid one time said, Cassandra. (laughs) And this child was in eighth grade and I could start to feel that something was different. They didn't feel that they were the most wanted friend in their group. They were younger in their group. I could feel the tension and I was showing up for her in a way that wasn't meeting her. I just started to feel distance building and it felt so wrong. Something felt so off and I'd never had this experience before as a parent. And one of the things I always try to tell my parents is your job is to keep your fingers on the pulse, especially a woman or mother, always keep your pulse on the relationship. Something doesn't feel right. You're probably going to be the first one to notice. So put your ear down to the track 
and know what will happen if you don't move now. And you'll be the first one to be able to make movement. It's an honor and responsibility that we're able to pick up on these things so that you can make a change while you still can. And it came to a standstill. I remember at one point, I was really broken up about how I could tell I wasn't being able to reach this kid. And I started to observe because it hit me one time, we're in the kitchen and my husband said something to her. And all of a sudden I saw this child light up and it was like my husband had a key into her. And I was like, I don't have that key. Why does he have the key? What key is this? And I would notice that he kind of stand in the background a lot in the parenting, but like he would come in sometimes and just say the perfect words of like, wow, you know, when you communicate like that, your expression is so developed and mature. And I'd watch this kid just totally come alive. And I realized I needed to start viewing this child very differently. It was like a whole different mindset change that needed to happen. And so I knew that some schools were taking on the nurtured heart approach. And I said, you know what, I'll get some books. So I got the nurtured heart approach books. And I was like, what? I don't get this. I understand the four to one positive ratio. I understand about saying nice things. This is different. This is about literally changing how I view people, knowing how to put it into words and seeking opportunity to highlight the other person's greatness. And it has to be so authentic. It can't just be like, oh, it's my job to say nice things, not just reinforcing behavior. That's why it's called the nurtured heart approach. There isn't a one exact way to do it. I'll explain the steps to it. But like the most important part I tell my teachers when we do trainings is when it's real for you, then it goes into the other person. So I started doing it. And I have to say that this is the child that I have the most special, such a deep relationship. I took a group of eighth graders on a Shabbaton a couple of weeks ago. And at a certain point, I love my eighth graders, but they're eighth graders. And I got called at midnight. One of the girls wanted to change her outfit. She didn't think she looked good. And I was like calm and good, but like, I was like, oh my gosh, I was not in my nurtured heart place. <laughs> and I called this child of mine. She is now my empathetic big hearted child. And once I could view her differently, once I could express it, once she could see that I could see her greatness and we built on it, um, our relationship is so different. She now is like, mom, you view me as a person that you can share frustrations with. That means you honor me, you value me, you value my gifts. So that's why I'm a big seller of this approach. That's how I came to it. And so I did it at home for nine months. And then that September, I brought it to the school and it's everywhere. It's something that flows from teacher to teacher, from administrator to colleagues, and you have to work on it. It's definitely an avoda. Did your daughter, did she understand that you were having a textbook in front of you and trying to work through building this relationship with her? Or was it a very organic change that happened between the two of you? She figured it out later because I think I started talking about it more with all my kids. I felt like I was breaking my teeth to get into it. And a lot of it was being quiet. I'll tell you what that means also. Nurtured Heart Approach is built on three stands. The first one is absolutely no. The second one is absolutely yes and absolutely clear. So absolutely no means our kids value relationship with us and our energy more than most anything in their lives. So if you only show up in your kids' lives, as soon as you hear rumbling, right? You're in the kitchen and then all of a sudden you hear a little rumbling in the living room and that's when you show up. That's when you're the most in, I'm talking about good parenting, but still that's when you 
have something to say. That's a time when you interact with them is when they didn't load the dishwasher exactly right. We really do. We show up when it's like, did you take your homework out? Instead of like all the other times, right? That we could be putting our energy in. So absolutely no is no showing up with our energy for everything that's negative show up so much more at the other times, be bright, be energetic. When you see them doing something that's like, I have a four-year-old, but Sheva, you worked so long on getting those socks on today and you're animated about it, (laughs) right? You found your shoes. Though I said to you, they're in the kitchen, but I really meant the play kitchen. (laughs) What if it's not your personality to be so energetic? For you and I, this might be easy. We're people. But what if someone has a lower energy? Would it be faking it if they were like trying so hard to show up that way? I think it's a perfect question because that's what I try to tell people the nurtured heart approach. Everyone has their own channel for energy. Like my father-in-law, he's a little quieter. The way he will sit with my kids Mm. and listen to them. That's his energy channel. And they all consider his energy precious. Wow. It's important to know that because the way that you're describing it might sound exhausting to some people, right? (laughs) It can, but this is something I want to end off with. I had a student who I knew was coming into my school. So it's always hard when kids start new schools. They're coming with different values. They may not be familiar with such a warm, nurturing school environment, and they might not trust what the school experience is like. I know I have to build a relationship pretty quick with a student when they come in, help them to get the feel of what Mayan Torre School is going to be like. So I had a student I knew was coming, and another administrator had met with the student and actually had had some negative interactions that were rough with them. And so before the student was going to come in to me, now my kids know, I was like, guys, we're going to use Nurtured Heart today. (laughs) And I just sat there and I just sat next to this child and I asked them questions about themselves and I found out what was interesting for them. And this child and I have been able to build such a rewarding relationship. And this child has let me into his heart. And this kid brings me muffins. And I can't even tell you, he comes to my house, Shabbos little dessert packs. And you couldn't believe that this child could love at the level that he does. So what I want to say is that you asked about like, it's exhausting. You have to do it at your level. This is long-term. It's, it took me nine months, six months, maybe more with my child, but it's longer term. And it wasn't so long ago. It was like close to the end of school. It was right before COVID or something. This kid came to me and said, Mrs. Bradkin, what's your favorite color? And this is not a young kid, by the way. I'm just letting everyone know. It's not a young kid. So I said, green. A couple of weeks later, this hand carved wooden sign with my name comes to the office that this kid worked on for weeks. And it's up in my office. So when you say it's exhausting, it's true to put energy up front, but what you get to experience, it's such a happy life. Can you imagine? What a happy life. You get to walk around and see the beauty of people and expressing it. And there is no greater weapon in the world than education, right? It's it's our, our greatest strength. And whether it's at home or if you're in the educational field, it's huge. And I believe very strongly because I didn't have such a amazing education. When I think back, like I'd rather just block a lot of it out. (laughs) Um, There were so many years that I wish I would feel nurtured and celebrated. But what I want to say is that at the end of the day, at the end of all the years that we put in in school and at home, all those 18 years of our lives until we move on to the next level, we may not remember all that was taught to us. We might forget all the algebra and all the details, but what we will remember is how we were meant to feel, yeah. the way people made us feel, 
And this is true in, in, in every aspect of our lives. It's not about the details, it's about the feeling. It's about really touching a heart and leaving an impression that you matter and that you have what to give to the world. So what I've learned from you today from this approach, this beautiful nurtured heart approach is that there are shifts that create huge change and really could change everything. So amazing. So how could we hear more about this? Yeah, wonderful. The very first thing is I'll tell you that you can look up the Nurtured Heart Approach. I'll tell you more, just a little bit more about it as well. Um, I also work with parents. I do trainings. If you'd like to reach out to me, my email is aviel at parentinghearts.com. And I very much enjoy watching parents set ideas of where they want to see their relationships with their kids and make movement with it slowly, slowly. It's exciting. Anyone's able to reach out to me. The other thing is I'd love to just share a little bit more about the practical pieces. So we covered the first one about not giving energy to negativity. And that doesn't mean you ignore. It just talks about toning down and when you show up in your kids' lives and not putting a lot of yourself in when they've broken a rule or are starting to act out. And the last one is absolutely clear. You must have very clear rules and boundaries and reinforce them. Everybody wants to know the rules of the game. Mm -hmm. It's just not fair. You can't ask someone to be successful without telling them the rules. So an example can be, I don't know if any of you have ever gotten a parking ticket, but I remember I never knew you're not supposed to park on the side of the street the wrong direction. So I remember the first time I got a parking ticket, I was like, if I only knew, that was so silly. Like, <laughs> I said, no. It's the same thing with kids. So like today, this morning, I have a child. We're working with them. We do a check-in in the morning. Okay, this is how the day is going to look. I'm going to pull you out 11 to get you started on your work and get you back to class. Here's a little card. This card says you could come and take a break in my office for five minutes at any time today. And I also want to let you know, you're going to hear... I'm going to count to five and I expect you to do this from your teacher. And this is all pre-made. If you're not there by then, then that means this is going to happen. So teach your kids the rules. Let them be successful and, and hold to them. So this is that nurtured heart approach. The biggest part of it is that middle one, which is absolutely yes. It's about giving recognitions, how they sound. There's an art for it, but you can also just do what comes from your heart. It's about Acting like a mirror, there's a million things you could say that you can see that your kids are doing. I just walk into school today, two first graders um, fighting over the first spot in line. Now in my head, right, I could be thinking, hey guys, we're all getting to the classroom within five seconds of each other. How big is this problem? Which is a fine thing to say. But I also could say, oh my goodness, you guys, look at you. You're both using your words. You haven't used your hands and you're trying to work out this problem you have. Wow. That's learning to work together. It's using your communication skills. You hear the difference of like showing them that greatness. Then they're taught to understand it. Oh, this is good. Oh, let me act on that again. You know, when you have success, then you're most likely, the science says, to repeat it, feel good about it, do it again, and continue to build themselves. So that's, that's the basic art of it. I recommend people giving you a try, being focused on it. Have maybe like a friend who says, how's it going for you? Are we both starting to stay in this mindset and really give it a good go to try to nurture our children more? Mm, I love it. I love it. I think it was Aristotle that there's a, a quote that I heard. He said, educating the mind without educating the heart is no education at all. 
And um, yeah. yeah, I just, this is like a whole new approach and I, I wish it would spread. I wish it would spread to other principals <laughs> in other cities. I think my Shalom is like holding on to Mrs. Brodkin, like he's holding, <laughs> he's hoping like they'll, they'll catch on to this wherever else we go. So thank you so much. Thank sure, you. My for pleasure. Your holy work. It's oh, it's, it is so rewarding to be able to spend your time with the future of Klai Yisrael. These children are very dear to us. And I also want to say that there are a lot of schools using the Nurtured Heart Approach, a lot of professionals. That's great. So it is getting out there. And it's something that a lot of us are doing already, but you could do it on a more sophisticated, intense way that you will really reap the benefits from. And you'll see you'll be a changed person. You really will. A more satisfying life when you can walk around and just say like, wow. I can see what my husband did. I can see what this colleague did. I can, I can see what my kids did in a whole new way of their express, their godless, their, their greatness at every moment. So thank you so much for having me on today. Thank you so much, Aviel. Thanks for all you do. Bye, thank everyone. You. Thank you for listening. We value that you are a part of our community. Be sure to check out our other podcast episodes and to learn more about the work that we do at Inspire Jewish Women, please check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website at www.inspiredjewishwomen.com. Notice that we use the word woman and not woman in plural because Jewish women are most powerful when we bond together and we together can create amazing, positive changes in the world. Bye for now. Hope to see you again soon so we could continue this conversation.